0: This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace.
1: Hello, I'm Carmen Pay. Thanks for joining us today. I'm so happy to be your host for today's podcast. Let me ask you, who is the Holy Spirit, and what does it mean to be sealed by Him, and why does it matter in our life right now? Well, we are continuing to answer these questions and more as we're in the midst of a discussion with Dr. Dave Anderson regarding his newest book, Position and Condition. Over the last few weeks, we have begun to set the foundation for our uh, discussion Uh, We've been talking about the role of the Trinity in determining our eternal position. We've talked about being selected by the Father, saved by the Son, leading us to today's topic, Sealed by the Spirit. And we're happy to have Dr. Anderson back with us. He's the President and the Professor of Biblical Languages and Systematic Theology at Grace School of Theology. He's a graduate of Rice University. In addition, Dr. Anderson received his Master's in Theology and Doctorate in Greek New Testament and Early Christian Literature from Dallas Theological Seminary. He has authored numerous books, including Triumph Through Trials, Portraits of Righteousness, Maximum Joy, and Bewitched, among others. Welcome back, Dr. Anderson. Well,
0: thank you for being here again. We rejoice that you're with us.
1: Oh, so glad to be here. I've it's heard a...
0: lots of people asking about you, and they're so glad you're back.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, and to all those who have prayed and continue to pray, yes, and yes. it's been quite a journey, but uh, I think we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's good to move forward, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, Ephesians one thirteen and 14, Dr. Anderson says, In him you also trusted. You know, this is a scripture I return to when I really want that feeling of assurance, knowing that I am His, that my eternity is secure. Uh, let's talk about how that is. It's not about you and me. It's all about the glory, uh, praise and glory of, of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But how is our salvation to the praise of their glory?
0: Well, Any person who joins God's forever family is, of course, a trophy of grace. Uh, None of us can work our way into it. Uh, We have to be born into it. But we're born into it through the work that the Son did, as it's already mentioned here in Ephesians, our redemption, having forgiveness of our sins, things like that. And so that's something that he does, which brings glory to him, not us. It's his work, not ours. We receive what he's done on our behalf. And later on in this book, he calls it a free gift. So uh, that's all to the praise of his glory and his grace. And in fact, as the book develops, it talks more and more about our being billboards of his grace. Mm-hmm. That as uh, people drive down the road or the freeway, they might see a billboard with uh, Carmen Pate uh, up there on it, another trophy of God's another grace. Of
1: grace. Yeah, yeah. And when we recognize our own wickedness, our own fallenness, uh, we realize the grace that was involved to save us, don't we?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, the more you get to know him, the more you are aware of that yes. that very thing. Without his unmerited favor, without his grace, we have no hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no hope, absolutely. Well, just getting back to that idea of assurance, let's talk about the facts behind the assurance. It's one thing to feel assurance, but it's based on facts and and uh, when when we talk about being sealed by the Spirit, that certainly is one of those facts. And you talk about the 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 things that the Holy Spirit does to seal us. Let's talk about those things.
0: Well, you mean the meaning of seal? Yes. So, yes. Well, I listed three in the book. One is to authenticate something, kind of like a good housekeeping seal of approval that uh, this um, uh, machine, washing machine, has been inspected. And, we put our seal upon right. it so that says we stand behind its quality, that kind of thing. Another was a branding like ownership. You, know, you put this uh brand on a cattle on a cattle and it says that belongs to T Bar M or whatever ranch is involved. So uh the sealing is like a mark of ownership mm-hmm. that we belong to him. Mm-hmm. Of course he calls it literally here a down payment. Uh, he actually has all this redemption imagery in mind. And it's as though uh he goes around, and uh, the Holy Spirit is like a down payment, which is a guarantee that he's coming back to receive what he has paid for. And so that's not uh, the ceiling picture. That's that's the down payment picture. Uh, but a third thing was uh, uh, protection. Mm-hmm. If you were to send a crate of fruit from uh, maybe uh, some Jaffa oranges uh, over to uh, Corinth across the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. you'd put them in a crate just like you would today, they close the crate and then they'd put a wax seal on it. And of course that would signify if this seal is broken, someone is tampering with the fruit. Yes, so yes. it was specifically to keep someone from tampering with the fruit. Uh, so in that sense it was a protective seal. Well, in this case the Holy Spirit, uh, being God Himself, mm-hmm. for someone to break the seal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're going to have to be more powerful than God, right? That's right. So that's not likely to happen. And
1: that's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> no, a human can't do it. A fallen angel can't do it. Uh, You're completely protected by him. Yes. Yep.
1: It's incredible when you think about it because there are many who believe that their eternal salvation can be broken, that, that that seal can be broken, that they they can have that assurance of eternity. And yet it's very clear when you consider the work of the Holy Spirit uh, like you say, it's not dependent upon our behavior, uh, but only on his work, which is secure.
0: Absolutely. In fact, Jesus talks about this in Matthew 12 and says, if you've got to break in the house, you've got to be stronger than the guard, the, the, the strong man who's mm-hmm. to guard the house. Mm-hmm. So that's the Holy Spirit. You have to be stronger than he is to to break in.
1: And there's no one that is that strong. no. <laughs> Uh, we 've talked about our salvation being all about God that we 're predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, from character quality to qu- character quality, you say, so what is the spirit 's role in conforming us to christ 's image
0: Well again, I think we 've mentioned this, but the best single verse on that is probably second uh, corinthians three eighteen when it talks about as we behold the Lord as in a mirror. Uh, the Holy Spirit then changes us from character quality to character quality. It says at the end of verse, even by the Spirit of the Lord. So uh, our moral transformation, our transformation in our condition, does not come from anything we do other than beholding the Lord. Mm -hmm. In that verse, that's our responsibility, behold the Lord. Mm -hmm. So as you do that, you're beholding what he's done for us, who we are, our position in Christ, all the blessings we received instantaneously the moment Mm -hmm. we're born into his family. Uh, and, as you keep beholding that then uh, then the Holy Spirit does his work, the metamorphosis and that's you know that 's the real literally the transliteration of the Greek word used there uh the change the transformation is from glory to glory, and we talk about glory as an open public manifestation mm-hmm. of the qualities of whatever's being glorified, and so, in this case, if it 's god's glory, then it's open public manifestations of his character qualities, but he's working those in us.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Uh, In my book, uh, Portraits of Righteousness, I talk about how the righteousness that we are credited with at the moment we become believers, Mm -hmm. that's in our position, is to be worked out into our condition through progressive sanctification. That's Romans 5 through 8. Yes. And so that's done as we the spirit becomes a sculptor, works on us from character quality to character quality. So he may say, well, uh, Dave's really lacking in patience. So let's go down and chip, 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 chip like a sculptor on that area. And then he walks around, and he says, oops, not very loving. So uh, let's work on that a while. So and, and instead of doing it all at once, it takes years. Yes. In fact, I would suggest, uh, just from observing through the years and even looking at Paul in Galatians one, it may take us long to mature spiritually as it does physically. Wow. Not too many mature believers after three or four years. It can happen. I think God can compress your growth and sometimes does it if he knows through his foreknowledge mm-hmm. you're going to be a martyr. Mm. Like Stephen. Yes, yes. I mean, if you look at the way Stephen was chosen and he was full of the Holy Ghost yes. and the way he preached, and uh, uh, he was sort of the finished product uh, pretty early in life. Did a or if you read Jim Eliot's uh, mm-hmm. Under the Shadow of the Almighty, not Through Gates of Splendor, that's his wife who wrote that, but if you read Under the Shadow of the Almighty, it almost reads like Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I remember when I read that when I was a new Christian, I could only read three or four pages at a time because it seemed like he was inside the portals of heaven. Wow. It, it was just unbelievable. I've not but,
1: read it, but now you've been. I'm, I'm yeah. intrigued now. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you have to read it as a as a uh-huh. devotional book. Uh-huh. You can't just sit down like a normal book. And I think it's because the Lord was compressing uh, the growth within yeah. Him, knowing ahead of time uh, what would happen to Him being uh, killed by the Oka Indians.
1: Mm. And He was probably. Um, not daily thinking, okay, now what can I do to be a better person? Instead, he was really resting, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to work in him, right? Is that what you would... I mean, he was busy and working, but uh, it kind of goes back to that, where's our focus? And I, I, I think when we focus on, wow, I've got, I need to work on my patience today. I need to work on <laughs> loving people more. I need to... Uh,
0: well, that's, that's like telling the surgeon how to do the operation. Mm. So we're the patient; he does the work. Yes, yes. He knows us better than we know ourselves, right? Absolutely. So he knows the areas that that need work.
1: Yeah. And
0: unfortunately, uh, from our perspective, some of his uh, tools he uses—his scalpel and his—are uh, are the trials of life. Yes. And uh, yes. A lot of them we would never sign up for voluntarily.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like, too, in that uh, sometimes those areas where the Lord wants to grow us, we're not aware that that's an area of weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've often shared that I struggled for years, Dr. Anderson, with submitting to authority. Mm-hmm. And, and and the Lord put me through a trial mm-hmm. so that I understood that this was not— it wasn't that the issue of, of submitting to person— uh that's that was the issue but but it was really about submitting to him and that level of authority so mm-hmm. and i so like I remember being surprised uh that that was an issue that I had, but yet uh in his grace uh he walked me through that trial so that I would learn that lesson and mm-hmm. and I often think about how gracious he is he doesn't just show us all the areas of weakness at once
0: oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I would melt away like the wicked witch of uh the West or whatever wasn't wasn't Dorothy, <laughs> Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Uh, well, in our recent discussion about being selected by the Father, we concluded from Scripture that He chose us and we chose Him. Uh, it's a mutual love affair. We talked about uh, just a beautiful picture. Well, now, do we also get a choice of whether or not we conform to Christ's image?
0: Oh, sure. <clears throat> Remember, the uh, surgeon here or uh, the sculptor is the Holy Spirit. And we're told we can resist the Holy Spirit. We're also told that we can quench the Holy Spirit. So those are choices we make. Uh, uh, I like to look at existence in three stages. Uh, The first stage is in darkness, nine months, you know, Mm -hmm. on average, I guess. Uh, But during that stage, he's making eyes. What can you see? Nothing. 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 He's making taste buds. He's Mm -hmm. making ears. He's making tactile touch. All these things smell. What can you smell? Yeah, Nothing. Yeah. We might say, well, that's a waste of time. Well, no, not really. <laughs> Why is he making those things? For the second stage of our existence. Mm-hmm. In that stage, we use these physical senses. all right? But if we come into his family, a whole new dimension of existence mm-hmm. comes into being, our spiritual side. And so during this side, it's, it's also kind of like a womb. Mm-hmm. He's making spiritual eyes, but uh, we don't see all that well. He's making spiritual errors, but we still struggle to hear his still small voice. And mm. you know, he's making a, a spiritual sensitivity, but we're not always that sensitive. Uh, so you say, well, what's this all about? Well, it's really preparing us for the third stage. Mm. And just as the first stage was um, nine months and the second stage, we'll just say 70, 80 years, uh, The third stage is quite a bit longer, right? Yes. (laughs) Eternity, right? right. But there's a big difference here between the first stage and the second. For all Mm -hmm. practical purposes, um, uh, OBGYN friends of mine say Mm -hmm. a a baby cannot self-abort. But in the second stage, we can do that. Wow. We can do that. We can self-abort God's work. Mm. And that would be by quenching the spirit, uh, resisting the spirit, hardening our hearts, all kind of. Different ways of saying the same thing.
1: If we could see the big picture no. as God does, we would never do that, would we? That is
0: so much about ah. uh, of what the New Testament is about, yeah. is seeing that big picture. Wow. And uh, so many great scholars uh, who aren't in our particular evangelical camp, like Albert Schweitzer, thought Jesus was a, a quixotic, eschatological nut, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, because he recognized that his focus was on the next world. But of course, Schweitzer didn't believe in that next world the way right. we do, so that's why he thought it was a, um, you know, just uh, one of these people running around saying the sky is falling, so to speak.
1: Right, right. Interesting. Uh, when we talk about being conformed, are we talking about our position, or are we talking about our condition?
0: Well, the conforming is our condition. That's when he's transforming us in our condition. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to do that to conform to our position, right? Okay. But okay. once again, to Not to wear this out, but it doesn't hurt to keep repeating it. No. Uh, Nothing in your condition can ever change your position. But if you'll focus on your position, it can radically improve your condition. Yes. If you focus on your condition, your condition will get worse because you become what you think about. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you keep going over all your failures and all your inadequacies and all the things you don't like about yourself, you just get more and more depressed.
1: Mm. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I, I've been using this idea in even speaking with my mom who is in a nursing home. Okay. She gets very down and as as any of us would, you know, yeah. in this small yeah. little room right. and and uh with no immediate hope of, of going home, uh going to her earthly home. Sure. Uh and so she gets down. And so she and I've had a lot of discussion here in recent weeks about her position and her condition okay, and uh, so I, I found it's, it's been so helpful to her to good, be able good. to yeah to be able to say huh. you know mom when you know you're you know she'll she'll tell me you know how the food is not good today or we have this list oh. of little complaints and, and and I'll say but let's let's stop focusing on that and let's think about what are the good things that happened today let's th- think about your position in who you are in Christ and how he's there with you and the people that he brings to you to encourage you, et cetera. Wow. So just helping her to, to change that, that thought process mm. has been so helpful. I've
0: never heard uh, heard of these principles applied to someone in a nursing home. Uh, and obviously they would. I've just never heard it. Right. That's, that's exciting.
1: Well, it's exciting for, for me to know that, that, to see it in action because it's it's truly been, yeah. been helpful for her to... Uh, to, uh, to know who she is in Christ, and and uh, she's then able to... And I have encouraged her to... My mom, listen to some... She has uh, Christian music on tape. Okay. And I'll say, if you don't feel like reading, her eyesight's really poor. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, just put your music on and let the Lord... You know, just just your your spirit and your heart, and and so anyway, it's just wanted you to know that that your your principles are more than just being in a book; it's truth, uh, and uh, so it's awesome yeah, to see it in action. Hopefully, it out, it, <laughs> hopefully it's coming out of the Bible. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's yeah. beautiful. So let's talk about the benefits of conforming to Christ in the image. How does that help us?
0: Well, the more we become like Him, the Greater light comes into the world because they're seeing Him through us. Mm. And He says, You're to be the light of the world. Yeah. And so hopefully, through that, people are seeing things that draw them really to Him, mm. not necessarily to us. And again, as I look out at this world, and I've never seen the kind of hatred before oh. that that yes. uh, is, is, you'd like to say, Well, that's over in uh, Afghanistan. But, well, mm not really mm. it 's everywhere, and then mm. I think I saw the cover of a Time magazine art uh, uh, recently that said hate in america well i 've never seen the kind of in my lifetime the kind of hatred that 's being spewed from every corner and My wife just told me as I was driving this morning that November fourth is being declared Antifa Day or antifa okay. or, mm-hmm. and calling for them to rise up all over the nation, and nice. uh, they desperately need uh, a love that they can't earn and a love they can never lose. So as we off the world love instead of hate, that's a different message. Mm -hmm. And people are drawn to that as well they should be. But so many have never heard of it, just never heard of it. So uh, as we become more like Christ, we become more loving. We become more like him. And that's just one virtue. There are many others and those uh, uh, draw people to him. But at the same time, even if you didn't draw anyone to yourself. Mm. If you uh, allow his character to be formed in you, then you bring glory to him. Because mm-hmm. again, you're an open public manifestation of his character, right? Yes, yes. Well, that glorifies him.
1: Absolutely. So
0: uh, you could be a housewife at home with four little kids running around, preschool. And most of the charts show that's the lowest point in most women's lives is, mm-hmm. is the preschool days. <laughs> uh, but if you are able to do that through the power of the spirit, uh, you bring as much glory to Jesus as Billy Graham preaching his best message to 100,000 people.
1: Absolutely. That's good. In fact, it, I you. think it might be
0: harder might take the Holy Spirit a little more of his power to do the housewife with four kids uh-huh. uh, at home than to preach a great message.
1: I, I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, how is our own significance or purpose connected to being conformed to Christ's image? Uh, kind of ties in with what we're saying, but you know, I think we've talked about how people look for purpose, so they're also looking for significance, uh, and and how is how is that connected?
0: Well, uh, you know, Rick Warren wrote his mega million selling book, The Purpose Driven Life, right. and in my commentary on Ephesians, I've likened this to a purpose-driven church. But the purpose is over and over and over repeated, as it is three times in his intro here, to the praise of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So that is our ultimate purpose. Yeah. Most of us live as though life's all about us. Yeah. It's all about us. Not you, Carmen, it's about me.
1: <laughs> right. Do you understand that? Right, right, right. <laughs> like It's about God's, me, it's about God me. Says,
0: no, that's really not true. It's all about God. So that's why I think maybe our last time I said Uh, The scriptures are theocentric. It's centered around God to bring honor and praise to him. Well, if that's our ultimate purpose, Mm -hmm. then through that purpose, we also find our significance as we live out our purpose. Or if you go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, after food, water, safety, love, and that's your security, Mm -hmm. then you move into self-worth, meaning uh, who am I? What are my gifts? What do I have to offer? But to find your ultimate significance, you have to live that out. That's what he calls self actualization. Mm-hmm. So, your self worth plus actually using those talents and abilities gives you self actualization. And those two together give you significance. Yes. So, we all want security, we all want significance. Right. According to Larry Crabb, unfortunately, average woman thinks she'll find security in a man. Mm. And many of them uh, find that's really not the case. The yeah. problem is, we're finite, fallen people, we're all cracked pots. So we're not able to meet those needs. So they have to learn sooner or later, hopefully, that their main squeeze is really Jesus.
1: Absolutely.
0: And if you have him, you've got the cake. If you've got the husband who's loving, you've got the icing. <laughs> right. You can make it without the icing. Uh-huh. But if you just have icing, no cake, you could be in trouble. Well, men have the same struggle with significance more than women. And the uh, average man thinks he'll find significance in his career. Well, it could be if that career is tied to eternity somehow. Uh, but he says, no, your ultimate significance will be by finding your spiritual gifts, using those for the kingdom of God, for something that lasts forever. So that's a lot of Ephesians.
1: Yes. He goes absolutely. into the
0: body of Christ. He goes into spiritual gifts. He goes into using these things to make an eternal difference. There is nothing more significant than that.
1: Absolutely. And there's such joy in uh, in in. Knowing that your purpose is to glorify the Lord, and knowing that you can't do it on your own, but you have that power in you to to make it happen and and then when you experience just a little glimpse of that along the way, nothing more exciting, nothing that uh, just brings you such lasting joy. I hope everyone listening will experience that uh well, what are the the consequences? When we decide, well, I just want to, I just want to display my own glory. It is all about me. What are our What are our consequences?
0: Do well, you know that that's what uh, Paul in, in Romans would call walking according to the flesh, and he says uh, to be fleshly minded is death, and by death he doesn't mean uh, uh, spiritual death, separation mm-hmm. from, from God, such so that you will spend eternity in the lake of fire he's talking about the living death that he talks about for the widow who lives for pleasure. They had a social security system for widows it was within the church. And if you got on the widow's list then you were supported by the church. Uh, so they said, if you have children uh, or uh, you can support you or you don't get on the list, mm-hmm. but it also says the widow who lives for pleasure is dead, even though she lives. So it's talking about defeat, depression, uh, the agony of defeat, that kind of thing, Poor. in the Christian life. Well, that's miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opposite of being carnally minded is to be spiritually minded. Mm-hmm. That's life and peace. Well, what's the opposite of life and peace? Whatever that is, he calls death. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul says, Oh wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? So that's a consequence of not uh, allowing the Spirit of God to live through us. That would be walking by the Spirit. And he says in a Galatians five, if you walk by the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, if you don't walk by the spirit, you will. So uh, bouncing back and forth between uh, Romans and Galatians, he says, then your master is the flesh, Mm -hmm. your sin nature. So you will serve the sin nature and you will be under his or his. Mm -hmm. He is pictured as a general in uh, Romans chapter six. You're under his authority. You do his bidding. You're his slave. Well, you know, Jesus says, you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And there's nothing like freedom, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Many people move to this country so they can be free. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, <laughs> that, they do. That, that's politically free. But uh, it, there are all kinds of freedom we enjoy, right? But mm-hmm. one of the greatest is spiritual freedom.
1: Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Wow, and just the, and the consequences, if we think about uh, trying to bring glory to ourselves, it, it's not worth it, because it, it does put us on a destructive path, and one, one to... Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Well, the scripture says there's, mm-hmm. there's um, pleasure in sin for a season, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also an aftertaste. Mm-hmm. There's an aftertaste to it. Yes. I remember the story of the uh, guy who went to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist said, well, what's wrong? And he says, well, I just love dog food. So I have a bag of it out in my garage, and I sneak out there. My wife doesn't even know, and I eat dog food every night. So the psychiatrist said, well, how long have you been doing that? He said, well, ever since I was a little puppy. So obviously this guy had a self-image problem, right, and an identity problem. So dog food, is, is his favorite was chocolate-covered Alpo. And that tastes good for a while, but there's an aftertaste. Well, that's the way sin is. There's pleasure and sin for a season, but there's usually an aftertaste. That's the way it is when we live for ourselves.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Wow. Well, we have so much more to talk about. We're running out of time today, but uh, we're going to continue our discussion, and uh, we uh, hope that our topic today has not only enlightened you, but have stirred your interest to dig a little deeper into God's Word. We want you to learn your purpose in life. We want you to learn your position in Christ Jesus, your condition in daily living. Stay with us as we continue this discussion. If you'd like to learn more, there are courses offered through Grace School of Theology that will help you to grow in your knowledge and your love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may have friends and family who need to hear about God's amazing grace. Sharing our podcast is a great way to start the conversation with them. The podcast is for you. If you have topics or ideas uh, for programs in the future, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can send your ideas to our, us by email at savinggrace at gsot.edu or tweet us at savinggracecast. So glad you've tuned in today. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost.
0: You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu savinggrace Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.